0: Working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? It's impossible to do it all, yet we're asked to each day. Listen to hear how one high wire woman, Rosanna Barardi, stays on the high wire while managing a busy law firm, a consulting business, teaching at a law school, parenting her 14-year-old son, and maintaining a happy and healthy marriage. Let Rosanna show you how to make sense of your life and stay on that
1: high wire. Hello, high wire women. It's Rosanna Barardi here with the High Wire Women podcast, and today I have a very special guest, Maria Alcantara, is here to talk to us about money. Ah, money—that controversial topic that people avoid, try to avoid, along with like politics, religion, and money. The top three. Money makes people uncomfortable, and people say, "Oh, money can't buy happiness," and blah blah blah. blah well. Without money, your life can certainly be difficult and chaotic. And today, Maria is here to talk to us about forming a financial plan and really focusing on financial literacy for women, which is an area that's greatly lacking. So Maria, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Rosanna. I'm so happy to be here. All right. So Maria, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: So my life has been pretty wild. I was born and raised in Brazil. And life is good, but as a lot of people know about Brazil, we have huge disparities in wealth, right? So I grew up seeing high-end luxury right next door to real misery. And that marked me, Rosanna, from a very young age, you know, seeing how people, different people manage money on different levels, the different groups of people, the different genders. So I, from day one, knew that I wanted to do something with that and help people with their finances, empower them and show them that it's really not that hard. Once you have that background, I mean, you don't have to have huge academics. You just Mm -hmm. have to have a base knowledge. Then my parents moved to Canada and I studied psychology and finance, which blend together amazingly Mm -hmm. because a lot of our money problems, it actually comes from our head, right? The way we view money, our beliefs about money, our family stories about money, all that baggage. So I built a career in banking wealth management and I did that for 10 years and I became an investment advisor. that was really good. It was really interesting, but it just wasn't fulfilling enough because the education really wasn't there for women. Mm. Like they were not engaged at at a certain level. They kind of just said, well, this is, you know, a man's world or I'll leave my husband to it. And it's too bad because, you know, these could be really powerful women. They could be really interesting in business. They are very creative, very educated. And yet, when it came to money, they just kind of threw their hands in the air and they said, this is too like, too out there for me. It's too much. But then there came a point in their life where they kind of had to get hands on, right? Maybe the partner wasn't there anymore or mm-hmm. something happened. And you know what? It just brings you to the next level in your life in general. It gives you independence. We all know sure. what the benefits of being financially strong are. So that was it. I decided I had enough of not having purpose and not having enough flexibility in the corporate life. And the trend amongst even these high net worth families was just too obvious to ignore.
1: What was your next step after that?
0: Right, so I left the corporate world. I, um, I left my career behind and I decided, I'm gonna start by writing a book. And I noticed it was really a certain segment of women that responded well to the way I know I talked to them. And I said, I'm gonna write them a book and I'm gonna start by laying out a foundation. And from there, I can start a conversation. We can start talking about what their dreams are, We can start building plans for them. I can start teaching them that kind of stuff. And it took off from there. So with coaching, with programs, with courses and all that kind of stuff.
1: That's great. So the book that you're referring to is Millennial Money Queens. And I love that title. So uh, listeners, don't be turned off by millennial. That really is the the age group between like 20 and 40-ish. And if you're a little bit older than that, like me, that's okay too. But really, when I was looking at Maria's book and her background, there are some really staggering statistics about women and money. And one of them that caught my eye was 52% of women feel that money is the biggest source of stress in their life. And that's a whole lot of us. That's uh, the, more than the majority. And then also that women on average earn 79 cents to 99 cents for every dollar earned by men. That one always hurts a little bit because I feel like in the professional world, the playing fields have been pretty equalized. There's more or almost more women in you know law school medical school all the big professions so that's a little bit disturbing so you know money is such a controversial topic maria when you see your clients like what's the one thing that they struggle with like what do you hear the most from people that you're working with confidence and
0: those statistics that you brought up i really saw it and when i saw those numbers it really sealed the deal for me it wasn't just you know, my perspective or my experience that validated the numbers. But when I understood that it was really a wide problem, I said, I have to do something about this. So it seems like women don't have the confidence to negotiate their salaries better or negotiate fees, anything to do with money. They just completely shy away from because they feel they're not equipped to handle those conversations. So anything, again, from salaries to their expenses to any fees that they're paying or any um, returns that they could get, you know, talking to their advisors, those Mm. conversations, they feel like they're not ready to have them. And so we work with giving them the knowledge that they need to be able to have intelligent conversations about money to ask the right questions and to go for the right things to make more money. I heard that the reason why women don't make the same amount, like they were still at that 79, 80 cents. is just because we don't ask like the That sounds a little crazy to me. And I actually had a personal experience with that. Like a friend, a guy replaced a girl in a job and he made double the salary. Can you imagine? Uh,
1: Oh God, that's terrible.
0: Double for the same position. And apparently it was just because, yeah, you know, he probably knew how to pitch himself and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But that's just all part of the education of having those tough, seemingly tough conversations about money. Because once you know, they're really not that hard. It's just when you start anything new, it's a little intimidating and then you get the
1: hang of it. Right. For sure. And, and I know when I started my law firm 16 years ago, one of the hardest parts of it was asking clients for money because like, I don't know, it just felt super awkward. I mean, when, when you're in law school, they don't teach you how to sell. They teach you how to practice law. So I could talk to you about getting you a green card all day long. But when it came time to quoting you a fee, I was always like, oh, I have to ask her for money now. And That's just not an easy skill for most people. And I've gotten way better at it 16 years later, but I keep a fee schedule by my desk because (laughs) I just take the emotion out of it. Like this is what we charge for this, you know? And it's just kind of like a menu and that's really challenging for people to ask. And one of my colleagues is a male attorney and he's like, I have no issue asking. I think they're getting a great deal. (laughs) I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you <see>? right like <laughs> yeah. totally different right like I'm like oh god you know it's too much and he's like hell no they're getting a great deal working with me and I was like that's that's a really interesting shift there in you go for sure yeah
0: and that's a lot of societal baggage you know like uh, how women viewed their role in society their relationship to money you know it's been generations where we've been kind of taught to not touch it mm-hmm. and so it's, it's not even so long that women have been having access to credit that's huge, you know? Right. So yeah, it's just about having those conversations, making it comfortable. And when women talk to women, we create this like safe space, you know, where we can Mm -hmm. practice these conversations, we can give each other tips. And so yeah, well, congratulations on your practice. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's been a, a fun 16 years for sure. So so how would someone get started? So let's say you're a working woman, you're busy, you have kids, you have to cook dinner, all the things we have to do. But we don't want to forget about this financial piece of our lives because it's critical. I mean, it is critical. So how would someone get started with you? Like, walk us through kind of what you do.
0: All right. So we would start with um, a call. We would have a conversation and find out you know, where you are, what you'd like to do, what your dreams are. So we have a lay of the land. And then from there, we would start building a plan for you. And our whole thing is that, yes, people are busy. You know, people are not in the career of managing money. They're doing other things with their life. We don't want it to take all your time. So we love automating things. So we're going to automate all your budgeting. We're going to automate all your savings, all your investing, so that everything is pretty much on autopilot. And as much as I don't practice portfolio management per se anymore, we use different platforms to help you automate that. And so leveraging the technology is like number one that we do. And working with you. So it depends on the, on the on the person. Some prefer having like a monthly call just to check in mm-hmm. and see how they're doing. Others, they wouldn't follow a course on their own. So we give different options depending on your lifestyle. But it really always starts with having a conversation with where you are and where you want to go with your money, your relationship to money, how you feel about it, and make you mm-hmm. uplifted, make you empowered about all my financial things in your life.
1: So... If I didn't know, you know, a mutual fund versus a dividend, would you be able to school me in all of that glossary of words?
0: Of course. And that's the basics because, you know, even let's say I I refer you to an advisor, or you find an advisor, or you're already working with one. Well, if you're not equipped to have those conversations because you don't know what these things mean, then it's going to be that much harder for you to make your money work harder for you. So that, you know, one day, if you don't want to work anymore, or even if you want to supplement your income, your money is taking care of you. So yes, absolutely. The basic financial knowledge, all your literacy is all taken care of. And it could be done on a conversational basis. Some clients, they just like to have a, they like to have a coffee over Zoom and they like to just Mm -hmm. talk about it. Other ones, they prefer to read. So, you know, they, they can read the book or they can read the materials we have. Other ones, like, like I said, they like to do a course. So, you know, on the weekend or whatever, they'll take a half hour and they'll just listen to, um, to a recording while, I don't know, they're doing other chores and that kind sure. of stuff.
1: Sure, high wire Woman, you cannot afford to ignore this, trust me. <laughs> this is a critical piece of your life, regardless of whether you're 20 or 60, you always need to be connected with your finances. And many of us have financial advisors and they're great, but my issue with advisors is that I wanna know the right questions to ask because the advisor has a vested interest in selling a product that creates a commission for that person. And that's just the industry. It's not any negativity towards advisors, but, but I feel like it's critical to know what to ask to make the right decisions. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent.
0: That was part of the reason why I kind of left the industry. I didn't feel comfortable selling some things where I had been put in a position actually, where I had to sell something to a client where I knew it just wasn't the right product, but it is what made the company the most money. And I just, in my heart, I couldn't do that. I, I can't. I had to find a way where I could empower people financially without having to sell them products that weren't right for them Mm -hmm. and the fees. So people don't know how to talk about how much their advisors are charging them. So yes, your advisor is often making a commission, but there's hidden fees everywhere. And if you don't know how to have those conversations, you could be really missing out on returns that just, you know, having the right conversation and showing the person that's helping with your money that you know what you're talking about. And they should really optimize that for how much you're paying and how much you're gaining out of this. It all comes down to financial literacy and knowing, like you said, what questions to ask.
1: And it's interesting because I know some advisors you never hear from, right? Like they manage your portfolio. And at the end of the year, they're collecting a big fee for little to no communication. And I'm always like, what? this is crazy. If you're giving a service and getting paid for it, like there should be some level of relationship or communication.
0: I completely agree with that, especially with money. We want to feel safe. We want to feel secure. And you know, the world is just so wild these days. I know it sounds cliche to say, but there's ups and downs everywhere. You don't even know what's happening. You want to, you want to get that feedback. You want to know, you know, that they're taking care of it and they're taking the right steps. And, you know, just give you some, some, some information, make you feel safe about what's going on.
1: Definitely. So I'm sure like everyone, the pandemic turned your life upside down. You're in Montreal, Canada, and Canada's had its own roller coaster of COVID ups and COVID downs. Unfortunately, you're still in the down cycle, but what have you learned? Like you're an entrepreneur, you're self-employed, you're a mom, you're busy. I know you shared with me, you're expecting a baby. Like, uh, what, did, yeah. what did you learn during this whole, you know, 15 months or so?
0: So it's been a wild ride. And um, I think I could say that for everybody in different degrees. But what I really learned is to value what's really important in life. And, you know, I'm a finance girl. I'm all about the numbers and I'm all about the money. But money ultimately isn't everything in life, right? It seems to me that we are all living under this almost hypnotic spell. And we were just hustling and grinding and not realizing the truly important things that we all need in life. It's almost like we were rushing through our days just to get to the weekend and the weekend flies by and time with with your family just to be at home. So as much as the lockdowns were difficult, I think that it was really important for so many people to just stop and be at home with their families. And yes, that brought a lot of challenges, I'm sure. You know, so many families unfortunately had to break up during that time. Right. But I think that we all had to face things that were already there and to value really what's beyond what we've been taught to value, like the material things, money and all that. Even though I am, like I said, a money person, our health, for instance, we've been putting this on the back burner for so long, right? Because we're always just like the work, the job, the this, We're not right. taking care of ourselves. We're not stopping. We're not breathing. We're not eating properly. And I mean, it's so sad to say I recently lost a cousin in his forties, like Mm -hmm. young person, you know, and like, we have to really take care of ourselves, our planet. And I mean, we don't have another home, right? It's our bodies and our planet. This is it. We have to take care of it. So it's really to value all these beautiful things we've been taking for granted for so long.
1: And it's super interesting here in the U.S. A lot of things are reopening and, and things are getting back to quote unquote normal. And And part of that's very welcome and very exciting. But as I see my calendar evolving with things, I'm like, oh, no, 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 wait, no, (laughs) I don't want to do six things in one day. Like I like the slower pace of of the COVID life, not completely slow, but, you know, just being deliberate about how you're spending your time, your time with family. I'm just afraid and I'm guilty of it. Like, I just want to nosedive back into everything, but I'm trying to be at least strategic and say, okay. I can't jam pack all of these things in one day because I'm going to lose my mind. And I survived yeah. without doing that for well over a year. So it's, it's time to be very deliberate.
0: That's amazing. That's really, really good. I think that, that helps us all create more balance in our life. You know, some people working from home, some people mixing home and office or just choosing how to spend their time a little bit better, a little bit more downtime, a little bit more family time, health time. We'll all live better lives this way.
1: For sure. So you're super busy with a three-year-old and another one on the way and you wrote a book and you have this business. What's your one thing that, that's non-negotiable that like if you don't do or you don't have, it's not good for anybody around you?
0: <laughs> Yoga. I cannot okay. live without it. Honestly, every morning my family knows I need that time for myself just to calm my body down, calm my mind down so I can actually think and get through the day. I mean, there's things being thrown at us all the time and we have to really find that place of center and calm so I can make those decisions, especially because, you know, I'm handling, I'm handling people and their money and their beliefs about money. So I have to have my mind clear to see things for what they are and to make the right decisions. And the biggest part of the work that we do is to help people not be controlled by money anymore mm-hmm. and to help them free themselves from that. It's, it's been like a chain for so many people. So if I can't do that for myself then I can't transfer that to others. So it all starts with my creating this little bubble of calmness sure. and sharing that in my work.
1: Yeah and that makes perfect sense and I know so many of us are guilty of doing this. I did it today. The minute you wake up, you grab your phone and you just start right? Scrolling and look and so <laughs> we have all these images coming at you like your eyes aren't even open yet, right? And uh-huh. look, like and I'm like why did I do that? It's the worst way to start the day. I mean To just wake up and think and be centered and breathe. I mean, that's, you know, I I was thinking the other day, I'm old enough where I've lived in a life without having a cell phone next to me, right? And that was just so much better. I mean, technology has been the biggest blessing and curse in my Mm -hmm. opinion, like it's made us so much more efficient and we can do so many more things and we go faster, but it's also robbed us of that tranquility of that. Let's just take a minute and figure this out and not think for a minute, right? We're like bombarded with images and language and all this stuff. It's exhausting. And so many of us high wire women are just walking around in a stupor because we're tired, right? Exactly.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I felt that way for a very long time and I had to just put a stop to it and, you know, make a change. I don't even, my phone is not in my room when I sleep anymore. I just, before bed. And when I wake up, I need that time to continue staying that Zen state so I can actually be more productive too.
1: Yeah, that's really, really smart. Tough to do, but really, really smart. So Maria, bet, you, you know. have encouraged me to take a look at my portfolio today and to start Ooh. thinking about uh, some of my financial decisions that need to be made. Where can our High Wire Woman listeners find you? What can they do to take the first steps? Talk us through that. And listeners, I will have all of Maria's information in the show notes. So don't worry about writing it down as you're listening. We'll have it in the show notes for you. So the best
0: thing I would say is to start with what we have um, a 21 day program. So it's like a financial makeover. We're not actually going to be touching your portfolio per se, but we're going to be teaching you all the foundation that you need to know. We start with your money mindset to find out exactly what your beliefs are, how you view money and what's holding you back there. People are very surprised to see How much release happens just at the very beginning when we're just looking at, you know, what what did you learn as a a child and through your life about money? And then we go into whatever's coming out of your uh, of your accounts, whatever outflows you have of cash. So your spending, your expenses, all that kind of stuff. How are you budgeting? And then we look at your income. So how can we optimize that? How can we grow your income? And that's through negotiating a salary. That's through maybe starting a business on the side that's through your investments. So we do all that in 21 days. So it's meant to be quick with small actions. Like it should take half an hour a day, no more, because we are busy people. So you have a small reading, a small action to do for the day, but the idea is to give you momentum. That's why it's jam-packed in 21 days, but it doesn't feel like it. And then at the end of 21 days, you're like, oh my God, I actually like, it was a financial makeover that happened so quickly. So they can find this information on our website, millennialmoneyqueens.com. And if you're on social media, we're mostly on Instagram and Facebook. So we share a lot of information and we have a newsletter as well. So you can subscribe by email and on a weekly basis, we're sending different tips, different strategies and everything that I've learned in my decade long career with helping people and women with their finances.
1: Well, that's amazing. And again, high wire women, I know we're busy. I know we're tired, but this is something that you can't put off until next year or next month. You've got to start thinking about this stuff. Now, if you're not happy in your current job, I mean, it's never been easier to create a side hustle and the internet provides us with so many people. I know so many people that do so well consigning clothes, selling things, you know, from thrift stores. Um, you don't even have to leave your house to do that. And sounds like Maria can help you think about, you know, a little side business. Those are things that set you free. Those mm-hmm. are things that take away some of that stress. And yes, there's some input. You, there's nothing for free in the world. You do have to spend some time, but all things being considered, I think it's such an interesting concept and, and many, many people can do it with relative ease.
0: Absolutely. And there's a part of the program where we find out I call it what your superpower is. So we find out, you know, what you're passionate about, what skills you already have that you can leverage. And yeah, we're going to use some technology to bring that to the next level. But let's work with what you already have that's not being fully put to use. And let's see how we can monetize that a bit in a way that's fun and that's not overly stressful because we have enough stress. The point is
1: reduce the stress,
0: make a little more money.
1: Right, and li-
0: live good lives, you know.
1: For sure, and I'm a huge advocate of only doing things that you enjoy, because mm-hmm. you'll never be successful at something that you hate. Right. So, mm-hmm. if the thought of consigning clothes online to is just makes your stomach turn, then that's <laughs> not for you, and that's okay. Right. There's lots of some people like to bake, some people like to blog, some people like to do voiceovers. There's just like you said, it's finding that superpower capitalizing on it and turning it into something that that could be a revenue stream. So, Maria, thank you so much for sharing this information with us. Again, Hi wire women, Maria is the queen of the millenialmoneyqueens.com. <laughs> She's super approachable and fun to talk to. I think you'll really enjoy listening to her, follow her on social media, check out her book. It's not a heavy lift. It's fun and easy to read. I was reading part of it this morning. And Maria, thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. So
0: that's really the ending message. It's Money should be fun and easy. And I really want to help you achieve that. So let's make that happen for everybody.
1: All right. Well, thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great day.